Blog Talk Radio. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host this evening, Sean Holmberg, out of the studio to spend some time with family and just rest and get refreshed. If you need to call in, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. Chat room will be open here in just a few minutes. If you want to email us, we're at www. Oh, sorry, <laughs> we're at prayerinternational at gmail dot com, and of course the website is www.prayerinternational.org. So feel free to touch base with us, contact us, send in your questions or comments, concerns, prayer requests, and we'll be happy to follow up with you. So we're going to go ahead and open up in a word of prayer tonight, and just ask the Lord's blessing on the program, on the broadcast, and upon every person listening tonight, that the will of the Father would be done in your life, and that the peace of God would rule your heart and your mind. You know, God, by the power of His Holy Spirit, and I'm going to say a few things real quick, and then we're going to go into prayer. God, by the power of His Holy Spirit, you know, has a way of bringing a peace in our lives and a comfort He has a way of strengthening our faith and reaffirming that he truly is intimately involved in every detail of our lives. And, you know, if we will seek first his kingdom truly, seek after him with all of our hearts, and he will begin to reveal things to us. He'll begin to reveal himself to us most importantly. First and foremost, he'll begin to reveal himself to us through his word, through his presence, through the inner voice of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us and confirming. See, that's one thing. When God leads and guides, there's always a confirmation. He always confirms his word in the natural. If God says something's going to happen, well, then it's just a matter of time. And whatever the Lord has decreed and declared, whatever the Lord has, like he says, hastened his word to perform it, see? Wherever he sends his word, he will hasten his word to perform it. In other words, he's going to carry it out. And whatever God's speaking over your life, whatever God's assignment or his plan or his purpose is over your life, He's defined that. He's declared that. He established that before the earth was ever established. Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, God established your goings. He decided. He defined. He spoke and declared there would be this man or there would be this woman who would be born of this couple or this woman. And they would go forth and do whatever the Lord declares. And see, in this life, it's our destiny, it's our discovery, it's our journey, it's our responsibility, it's our responsibility to seek after God and find out what that is. To listen, to call out to God. 
How are you going to know what God's plan is if you're not listening to what God is saying to do or where he's saying to go or who he's saying to go with? See, there's a reason he says those that are sons and daughters of the Most High God, they are led by the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit. That means you have to follow the leading of the Spirit. Now, how are you going to do that Do that if you don't know which way the Spirit is going, if you don't know what the Spirit of God is speaking, if you don't know which direction the Lord is pointing you in? And so it's vital that you connect spirit to spirit, heart to heart with the Lord on a regular basis. Because see, seasons change and the direction of the Lord changes as seasons change. Now his primary purpose and plan doesn't change, but the direction, see, we, we if we always went north, Eventually, we'd run into an obstacle. Sometimes we go north, south, east, or west. So the direction changes. But the destination is still the same. And so we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. See, we're running a race, so to speak, metaphorically speaking. If you're in Christ, if you're a believer... You're running a race. But even when people go cross-country racing, there's a course that they run on. There's a track that they follow. And see, God says he's made paths of righteousness for your namesake. He's ordered your steps. He's already drawn out, he's already drawn out the map to your success. And it's up to you to search out and to watch and seek and listen and follow those instructions. If somebody gave you directions to a certain destination, you'd be foolish not to follow them. If you were unfamiliar with the territory or the the place that you were in. And throughout this life, throughout this journey, we go through unfamiliar territory. We go through seasons and situations in our lives that aren't always familiar. They're not always comfortable. We don't always know what to do in those situations. Therefore, we make a lot of mistakes. We do a lot of things that doesn't have the approval of God on it. It doesn't have the blessing or the direction of God on it. And although that might sound spiritual or whatever you might think, that might sound just too up in the clouds. We need to realize, see, God says there's a way that seems right to a man, but at the end of its death, hell and destruction are in the path of the man that, that doesn't fear the Lord, that says in his heart there is no God. Only the fool says in his heart. Only the fool says, my way is better. At least that's what God's word says concerning those things. 
So it's very important that we don't try to go our own way, but we follow the Lord's way. We seek out his plan. We seek out his ways. Not our ways, but his ways. Not our will, but his will. Not our kingdom be built up. Our little sand castles that wash over when the first wave comes up. You know, I remember one Thanksgiving when my wife and I, at the time we weren't married, we were still dating. But my wife and I went with my family to Padre Island. And different people were building sandcastles, building things out on the shore. And there was this giant turkey made out of sand. Do you remember the turkey? Yeah, it was Thanksgiving uh, holiday. And there we were hanging out. And my wife and I decided to go out on the beach. I guess it was, was it early in the morning? I'm sorry, late in the night. Good to have a wife. She's my good thing. She keeps me in line. So. All right, so here we are in the evening, late at night, walking around on the beach. And the sand castles that had been erected from the day prior, or that day, were still there, and we were kind of hanging out. And what happened? How did that happen? Oh, yeah. So my wife reaches down to just touch the head of this giant turkey sand castle. As soon as she touches it, the head falls off. Now, the irony is, is that later that morning, we were sitting there telling my mom about the turkey and checking out the sand castles and this and that, and she just nails it. She says, well, what did you do? Knocks the head off the thing? And she had no clue in the natural what was going on. She, it just rolls right out of her mouth. So we kind of chuckled about that. It's just one of those moments. The reason I share that story is to say this, is here this turkey is that somebody built. I'm sure they were very proud of their turkey, very proud of their sand castle turkey. And although it might have made it through some of the water and some of the waves, it didn't make it through a person's influence. See, when the man puts his influence on something, when man puts his influence, see, a lot of times we try to put our hand into something when when we should let God put his hand on something. And what happens? It just falls right apart. That's why God says there's plans that a man makes that seem right to him, but the end of it is death and destruction, but the plans of the Lord shall stand. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. The things that are temporal are passing away, but it's the things that are eternal that that matter. But what am I saying? When you put your hand on something, remember when David and his friend were moving the ark of God, and when the ark started to fall, the one reaches up, with his hand to touch it and help with good intention although it went against what the Lord had decreed and declared no one touched the ark don't touch it 
Don't put your hand on it. And so here this man of God with the good intentions, just not God's intentions, but good intentions, reaches out and puts his hand onto something that God decreed holy that could not be touched by man, could not have man's influence. And many times God decrees his plans in our life and says, you know what? Unless the Lord build the house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord's doing it, it's all in vain. Unless you let the Lord do it, it's going to come to nothing. Just like that turkey. Just one touch from a human, boom, off of the tent. And just, you know, the plans of a man seem right, but the end of it's death. The winds and the waves blew and beat hard upon the one structure that was built on the solid rock foundation, which was Christ's rock foundation. The man that built on the solid rock was the one that heard the word of the Lord and obeyed the word of the Lord, not man's words, not man's opinion, not their own opinion, but the word of the Lord. And so when the winds and the waves came on the one that was built on the sand, it fell Apart and the Bible says great was the fall of it. Do you remember when Saul had his kingdom taken away and it was given to David? Great was the fall of it. Do you remember when the one prophet disobeyed the Lord and the other prophet lied and he went off and he was eaten in the forest by a wild animal, by a bear, I believe? Great was the fall of it. See, pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before destruction. Do you want to know why Lucifer fell? Because he thought he could be God. Because he thought his way was better. Because he thought his way was better than God's way. He thought he was gonna he was gonna run it. He thought he was gonna be in charge. And see, don't we do the same thing though? We think we're running something. We think we're gonna be in charge, or we're gonna do our way without consulting the Lord or without first asking God, uh, I know I've got all these great plans and all, but what what you got on the, on the table? What's on your plate, Lord? What have you decided and declared and decreed over my life, Lord? Because I guarantee you it's a lot better than whatever your mind the size of a Coke can can conceive. I mean, you can fill it up with whatever you want. But it's still the size of a cocaine. But, you know, God, I guarantee you can't put enough cocaine together to even come close. And there's a lot of coke drinkers out there. Think about that. Even the, the old cans, the recycled cans, all the Coke cans in the world put together does not equal God's thinking. But your little brain is the size of a Coke can. My little brain. That's why God says, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Higher are my thoughts than yours. There's nothing new hidden. There's nothing under the sun that hasn't been revealed already. 
to God, it's old news, remember? We think all these wonderful new breakthroughs are wonderful, but God's like, yeah, I thought of that before light was even around. Imagine that. Can you imagine thinking about things before light was around? We all praise Thomas Edison because of the light bulb. But come on, we're talking about the guy that created the sun. His name is Jesus. All things were created by him. And for his good pleasure were they all created. Forget Thomas Edison and the light bulb. We're talking about Jesus Christ and the sun. Big difference. The sun built the sun. The sun created the sun. Praise God. Oh, and by the way, God doesn't believe in atheists. Just thought I'd share that. But there's still time to turn if you're an atheist. Don't be offended at my statement. If you're an atheist and you don't believe that there is a God and you just like to listen to us ramble on the radio, guess what? There's still time to turn. There's still time to turn your heart. God's still trying to make a way for you and turn your mistakes into miracles. If you're running from God, guess what? Keep running, but you're going to get real tired real quick. He's got bigger legs than you. So if you're running from God, don't wait till you have your prodigal moment and you're sitting there eating pig stuff, thinking about how things good how good things used to be turn to the Lord turn to the Lord turn your heart turn your heart not just your garments don't just do lip service just give me your heart give me your mind give me your will give me your plans give me your give me your kids you've got kids and you're taking that burden on yourself and you're stressing out, roll it over on God, ask him for his help. If you've got parents, if you got a spouse, if you just have to deal with people at work every day that are just unbearable, because believe me, we go through life and there's people out there that are just horrible. So God bless them. There's people out there that are just unbearable. We just pray for strength, Lord, so we can show them Jesus. Sometimes it's hard. How do you love somebody when you can't stand them? How do you share the gospel with somebody that you want to slap? Let's get real. We all feel that way sometimes. That's why we need God. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. See, Paul said, look, I do things I don't feel like doing, and I don't do things I feel like doing. I guarantee you, there was times in his life he just wanted to slap a few people. Probably did prior to Christ. I'm sure some of us before Jesus slapped a number of people. So let me get off on that subject. But you know what? Sometimes it's good to get real. We need God to shed love abroad in our hearts. We need God to give us patience with unbearable people. We need God to give us the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God, so that we can exemplify Christ in those situations when 
most people would just throw in the towel. I mean, even Elijah came to a point where he called down fire from heaven on him and just basically said, to hell with them, Lord. And I hope nobody's offended at that, but let's get real. And there's many people that God says to hell with. We act like that's a, a horrible thing to say. But it's it's the book of Revelation. And the devil was cast in the lake of fire. Many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, look at what we've done in your name. And, and God himself will say, depart from me for I never knew you. Away with you to everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's what the Bible actually says. Prepared for the devil and his angels. But yet there's a group of people that God's going to say, away with you. To hell with you. So don't take offense at that. If you're offended at the words of God, if you're offended at the word of God, go talk to God about it. If you're an atheist and you're offended at me, turn your heart towards God. Ask him to show himself real to you. Guarantee you he will. And if you're a Christian and you're running from God, stop running. Where are you going to hide? I mean, God's going to come in just like he said and said, Adam, where are you? He knew. Why did you hide yourself? Where are you going to hide? Where are you going to run from God that he's not going to find you? If you're a believer and you're standing strong in your faith, don't be weary in well-doing. Maybe you're you're doing everything you know to do, to live righteous, to live holy, to seek God, to get in his presence, to share your faith, to be a Christian. Maybe you're doing everything you know to do, but the devil's just trying to eat your lunch. Let me say one word to you. Don't be weary in well-doing because you're going to reap a harvest if you faint not. If you don't stop, just don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going forward. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back. God says he takes no pleasure in them that draw back. But you know what pleasures God? When you believe him, when you have faith in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, but he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Did you hear me? Should I just say that one more time if you didn't catch it? He that comes you God if you come to God you've got to believe you've got to believe that he is he is everything that he says that he is he is who he says that he is he he will do what he says he will do you've got to believe you've got to stand but find out what God is speaking don't just hang on to a bunch of religious cliches and fill them in your head and, and act like that's Christianity 
Find out what God is really speaking about a moment, about a person, about a situation, about a circumstance. Get on your face and pray till you get on the other side of the flesh and you get in the spirit realm and you can really hear what the Lord is declaring. It's it's vital. It's vital because otherwise you will go through your Christianity disillusioned thinking that God is a bunch of scriptural confessions and and religious do's and don'ts. But if you never really hear the voice of God in the midst of all that, then you will be disillusioned in your Christianity and you will be disillusioned in who God is. And trust me, I've been through this and I know many people that have and many people that are still stuck in a rut because they never got to know the voice of God. They only got to know a system of religion. They only got to know church life. They only got to know Bible life. They only got to know how to how to function in the Bible study. They knew when to say praise Jesus, hallelujah, but you know what? They couldn't show the character of Christ on their job. Something's wrong with that. Sorry. I'm just going off tonight. We haven't even prayed yet, have we? <laughs> Surprise. Go figure. That's just how we roll. All right, well, if you're tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. And I'm hosting the show tonight. You're stuck with me until it's over. My name is Chris Herzog. And we are just talking about the Lord, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, the one true God. There's only one. His name is Jesus. So this is Prayer International Radio. Call in number is 619-638-8458. The website is www.prayerinternational.org. And the chat room actually is opening up. So... Sorry about that. I guess we, we haven't opened up the chat room tonight. So the chat room's opened. Check it out. And uh, if you want to email us, prayerinternational at gmail.com. And, of course, we're taking prayer requests. However you want to give them, feel free to check that out. All right. Well, glory to God. Father, in the name of Jesus. We just give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, that you're a good God. Father, tonight we just ask, Lord, your will be done and your kingdom come. Reveal yourself in a mighty way to every person listening. Show them your heart, Father. Show us all your ways. Those that are seeking, those that are knocking, Lord, open up the door for them. Those that are believing you, Lord, reward them for diligently seeking. Reward the diligent seekers. Reward those that are running after you, Father, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, set them apart and consecrate them, Lord, from from those that are not. Lord, you told us to be separate. You told us to be set apart. Father, you told us to be consecrated unto you. 
Help us, Father, do that. Help us all. In the name of the name of Jesus Christ, be set apart unto you. Father, we pray for humility tonight, Lord. Put humility in your people. Clothe your people in humility and love and character. Lord, let us really exemplify Jesus Christ on our jobs and in our homes and with our spouses, around our parents or children or around our employees or or bosses or coworkers, whoever it is. Father, around our neighbors or our students or whoever. Lord, let Jesus Christ reign and rule and pour out of our lives. And, Father, tonight we pray for those that don't know you, that their eyes would be opened. Lord, rip the blinders off their eyes and reveal Christ Jesus, the King of glory, to him, Lord. Put hope in their life, Lord. Turn their hopelessness into hope. Turn their confusion into peace. Turn their sickness and disease into healing and wholeness. Father, change and transform people's lives by the power of your Spirit and by the power of your Word, Lord. Father, send forth your Holy Spirit, Lord God, into the homes tonight, into the hearts, into the cars, wherever people are listening, Father. Let your Spirit fill their hearts tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, whatever they're believing you for, we pray, Father, Lord, let it be granted, Lord, according to your will. Let it be so. Speak to your people, Lord. Give them ears to hear. Give them eyes to see, Lord, so they know, so they can follow you, so they can be your sheep that are led by your voice. So they can be the ones that hear the Lord saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. That, Father, they would not go to the right or the left, but, Father, they would go forth by your spirit, Jesus. Father, for those that are weary and well-doing, Lord, motivate them. Motivate them and, and uplift their faith, increase their faith, Lord. Build them up on the inside. Stir their faith up, Lord. Stir up a passion inside of them. Stir up a passion inside of them. See, your season's going to change when you decide to use your faith. Things in your life are going to change when you actually stop doing what you're doing and you decide to use your faith. You decide to start taking God at his word. You decide to start. Oh, and by the way, in Jesus' name we pray this, Father. Amen. When you decide to start taking God and his word, when you begin to declare and decree what the Lord is speaking, when you begin to follow the ways of God and do things his way according to his word, guess what? The seasons of your life are going to change. I know that. God's speaking that to me. God shows me that seasons in my life change when I decide to use my faith. And if you're growing weary in your faith, look, be motivated. God will not leave you nor forsake you. He says no weapon formed or fashioned against you is going to prosper. No tongue that rises up against you in judgment. He says he will condemn it because, you know what, you're made righteous because your righteousness is from the Lord. There's an inheritance for the saints of God. You know, you're a joint heir with Jesus. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Matthew 6.30 says, Wherefore, if God took clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? If you need your faith to be strengthened, realize if God takes care of the birds, how much more is he going to take care of you? Don't be fearful, Matthew 8.26. 
Remember when the disciples were in the boat and they were freaking out because they were going through a storm and Jesus, listen to this, what he does. He says unto them, why are you fearful? O you of little faith. Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. There was a great peace. You know, God is speaking to somebody tonight that's got a turmoil. You're going through a storm and you don't have any peace. You got confusion in your life. You're all distraught and, and, and stirred up on the inside. Listen, Jesus is saying, oh, you of little faith, can you trust me? Jesus is asking you, trust me. Trust me, child. Trust me. Put your faith in me. Believe me for, for carrying you through the storm. God says, though you pass through the waters, they will not overflow you. Though you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And God's saying, can't he sit in your boat? And begin to declare to the winds and the waves that you're staring at, that you're facing. And speak a peace and a calm over your situation. Speak a peace and a calm over your life. And tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare peace unto you. I declare peace unto you that you be calm, that you be seated with Christ in heavenly places, that you be set and settled on the inside. And that your emotions begin to line up with the word of God. And that your spirit begins to be ruled by the Holy Spirit. And that your mind would begin to be renewed by the word of the living God. And that your body would fall in line with your spirit and what the Lord is declaring. And that you would be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Body, mind, and spirit. So I speak to you, whatever man, whatever woman, whatever teenager's listening tonight that's going through, so you're going through a storm. God is speaking peace to you tonight. Trust him. Just, oh, you have little faith. Will you just believe him? Will you just trust him with this? Whatever it is. Just begin to trust Jesus with it. Father, right now I just pray peace. I just speak peace. Father, I just ask, Lord God, whatever storm, Lord, I just speak calm and peace to it right now in the name of Jesus. You told us to speak to the mountains and they would be cast off into the sea. Right now we speak, Lord, if we have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, Lord. And right now I just speak faith, impart the gift of faith, begin to fill people with supernatural faith right now. Give them the will, give them the desire to believe. Give them the motivation where they've been zapped of motivation. Begin to re-motivate them, Father. Stir them up on the inside and cause a strength to be imparted into them. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that Jesus would be revealed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Praise God, we're back. Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. Just taking some time, you know, none but Jesus. There is nothing else for me. There's no one else for me. None but Jesus. Crucified to set me free. I live to bring you praise. That's what the the heart of that song is. Jesus was crucified to set you free. There's no one but Jesus. See, there's one mediator between God and man, and the the name of that man is Jesus Christ. He was not just a man. He was 100% God and 100% man. He came here born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, bore the fruit of the Spirit to show us how to live in the earth. See, that's why Jesus came, not only to save us, but to be our example. That's why we pray, let your will be done. Lord, make us more like you. Why are we praying that? Have we really studied the life of Christ and seen what this man went through? See what this man endured. See what this man tolerated, what he put up with. And also see what he manifested and produced out of his life. You see, your life should imitate and mimic that of Christ. He's your example. So, Father, we just pray tonight, Lord, make us more like you. Lord, help us to embrace our cross. Lord, help us to embrace your plan and purpose for our lives. Father, help us, Lord Jesus, to imitate you, to allow you and your Holy Spirit to work through us. Father, I pray for every person listening tonight, Lord, or today, whatever it may be, wherever they're at, Father, here in the United States or around the globe, Father, we pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you would transform your bride, transform your people into the image of Christ. Transform us and make us more like you, Jesus. Like John the Baptist declared, he must increase, but I must decrease. Jesus must increase, but us and our humanity, our flesh, Our sinful ways must decrease. So, Father, we just pray, Father God, manifest your life through us. Manifest your faith in us. Manifest your Holy Spirit through our lives to impact this generation and the one before us and the one to come, Lord, for the glory of God. And, Father, we just pray, Lord God, reveal yourself. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I feel like there's someone who really needs their faith to be strengthened tonight. You have endured hardship. You have carried your cross. You have believed God. You've been standing in faith. You've been doing all the things that you know to do, but sometimes it seems like things aren't panning out. Things aren't working out. seems like maybe the enemy is getting a foothold, or maybe... Things seem like they're going in an opposite direction than you thought that they should or would or could. Let me say something. You know, there was a man named Joseph. And this man had a promise from God. God gave him a dream and he saw all his brother's sheaths, the sword sheaths. The sheath is the container or the the skin or the whatever that held that holds that that held the sword 
in place so it could be carried. All right, so here Joseph saw all his brothers' sheaths sheaths bowing to his. He saw all his brothers basically bowing down to him, and he shared that dream, and it angered them. See, he had a dream. He had a promise from God. Those brothers took him, and they threw him in a pit. And from that pit, he ended up in a prison. And from that prison, he ended up persecuted. And through that persecution, because he chose not to be prideful, he chose to submit and commit his ways unto the Lord. God raised him up. And Joseph went from a pit to a prison to the palace. But see, before the pit and before the prison, he had a promise. And let me tell you something, saying, child of God, man or woman, you have promises from the Most High God. And if you don't know what they are, you need to get in tune, get in line, get your life in agreement with God, and find out what he's declaring and decreeing and promising over your life. Because, listen, it doesn't matter what kind of pit you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of prison you may have to go through. It doesn't matter what kind of persecution you have to endure. Because as long as you have a promise, if you're a child of the Most High God, if you're a child of the King, guess what your destiny is? The palace. If you're a king's kid, guess what? You are destined for a palace. And if you have a promise from the Most High God, there's no pit, there's no prison, there's no persecution that can keep you from it. So I'm here to encourage you tonight, whoever you are, your faith is diminished, your faith, your motivation is zapped, you're tired and you're weary. Well, I'm breaking that lie right now. I'm destroying it over your life, destroying it, and declaring and decreeing over you tonight. Be strengthened. Get motivated. Get up. Rise up. Don't just sit there till you die. God didn't call you to just sit and die in the desert. Get up and begin to use your faith. Get up and begin to communicate with God and get a promise, get a word, get a decree and a declaration over your life and begin to decree it, begin to confess it, begin to speak it, begin to write the vision and make it plain and then begin to run with it and just trust God to fulfill his promises in your life. And I don't know what season you're in. Maybe you're just hanging on to promises and you haven't even endured any hardships. Maybe you've gone through the pit. Maybe you're in the prison right now. Maybe you're being persecuted. Or maybe you've already gone through that and you're just chilling in the palace. I don't know where you're at in your season, in your walk. But I do know wherever you're at, you better get a promise. Because it will carry you from one season to the next. See, your season will change whenever you decide to use your faith. And what is faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is actually believing and trusting and relying on God. How are you going to believe and trust and rely on somebody that you don't even believe what they say? So begin to believe God. 
he that comes to God must believe that he is. And then here's the here's the, the blessing part. He is a rewarder for those that diligently seek him. And that kind of brings us back full circle. So begin to diligently seek him, whoever you are. And trust God with your life. Trust God with your life. Hallelujah. Well, this is Prayer International Radio. And we are coming up to the 10 o'clock hour. So you know what time it is.
All right, so we're going to get into the word. We're going to read Psalm 96. Psalm 96, real quick. And uh, this is going to be out of the New King James Version. It's only 13 verses, so I can, we all can hang for a minute, see what the Lord has to say in the book of Psalms. All right, Psalm 96, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. What does that mean? Let's think about that. So here we're told to sing to the Lord a new song. All the earth, not only sing to him, but bless his name. Speak blessings to the Lord. Praises. Song. But then proclaim... The good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among the people. Verse 4. We're almost done. 13 verses. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders to the people. That means you're going to proclaim his good news of salvation from day to day. And the way you're going to do that, you're going to declare his glory among the nations and his wonders. See, if you don't have his glory on your life, you have nothing to declare. And if you don't have his wonders happening in your life, well, what are you going to praise him for? What are you going to praise him about? What are you going to testify about? For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Verse 4. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord has made the heavens. So you can make all the gods and all the idols you want, but it's the Lord that made the heavens. Honor and majesty, verse 6, are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. You want to know where honor and majesty come from? You want to know how to be strengthened and how to be beautified? Get in the presence of the Lord. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Verse 9. O worship the Lord. I worship the Lord and the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him all you earn. So see, you worship the Lord and the beauty of his holiness. You got to see him for being holy. You got to realize he's a holy God. Tremble before him all the earth. See, when you're before a holy God and you realize just how little you actually are in the light of God, you'll tremble. Verse 10, say... Among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is also firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. The God's righteous judge. Verse 11. We're almost done. we got 13 verses. We're in 11. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful in all that is in it. But all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. What is he saying? Let everything, 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 everything praise the Lord. Let everything rejoice. Let everything give him glory. Let everything worship him. Verse 12. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming. He is coming. He says it twice, and I'm here to declare to you, 
He is coming. So whether you're a believer or an atheist or just not, Uh, praise God. Sorry about that. Somehow we got disconnected, so just want to go back in. But we're in Psalm 96, verse 13, and there's 13 verses. So we're in the last verse. For he is coming, he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. That's why we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why he says, walk holy before me. Accept his righteousness, accept his gift, accept Jesus. Now we're going to pray, and then we're going to break into praise and close out the show that way. So we're going to pray right now. This is the deal. You need Jesus in your life. I don't care if you're a Christian, an atheist, a churchgoer, a non-churchgoer, you call yourself a believer, whatever. We're going to ask God to come in. And get past all our religious thinking and reveal himself to us in a real way. Me too. To begin to lead and guide our lives by the Spirit and to begin to open up our eyes to truth about ourselves, about Him, about the people around us. And we're going to ask God to help us. When heaven's influence comes into our life, let us recognize it and then fall in line with it, align ourselves with it, go with the flow of it so that God can be glorified. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, and I want you to just open up your heart to him. Father, I just pray for every person tonight, Lord God, that they would open up their hearts that your Holy Spirit would bring heaven's influence into their lives, that you would begin to open up their eyes, that they would truly begin to see truth. They would really begin to see themselves. They'd begin to examine themselves and see themselves from, from your perspective. The Father, they'd begin to see who you are based on what you say you are, not what they think you are, not who we think you are, Jesus, but who you say you are, Jesus. That's how we want to know you. That's how we want to experience you. That's how we want to see you. So, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus, reveal yourself in all glory, in all truth, in all splendor, in all majesty, in a real and living way to every person, myself included, Lord. Father, I pray for for me and my family, Lord, and and for Sean and and, and the Holmbergs, Father. Lord, I pray for every man and woman and child, teenager listening tonight, Father, and for our, our radio family around that could be with us tonight, Lord, we pray, open their eyes. Open their ears. Let them know you. And, Father, I pray, Father God, that you would help them, Lord God, to express and articulate the gospel, share and talk of your salvation day to day, declare your wonders and testify of your goodness. Help us, Jesus. Begin to help people that are weary of their faith. Exercise their faith. But, Father, we just give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all the we give you our praise because you deserve it. Because you deserve it, Jesus.
throne of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Father, we come, standing before that great white throne, the throne that's been established from eternity, the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance, the angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere the river of fire that flows from your throne oh we love to stand before your throne oh God we love to stand before the throne of God of divine encounter. We want to be lost. 
God, we're back. Prayer International Radio, call in number 619-638-8458. Just uh, lifting up Will ZPI, bottom line fighter, we're in prayer. Lifting up Jaden in the name of Jesus. You know, we're just declaring right now, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And we're just declaring a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind in Jesus' name. And you can claim that for him. Claim it for him. God says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You can begin to declare that love, the perfect love of the Father over your sons. Bottom line, fighter, we're praying for the will of God to be done. 
You put Psalm 91 up. We just declare the provision and the protection of the Lord in Jesus' name. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. But as long as you're abiding in the secret place, as long as you're under the shadow, are you allowing God's spirit to overshadow your life? That's the question. Is the spirit of God overshadowing your life? Whenever you do something, does it have the Spirit of God leaving the shadow of God over it, the blessing of the Lord over it, the name of the Lord over it? When you put your hand to something, does it give praise and glory and honor to Jesus? When you open your mouth and you declare or speak to somebody or say something, whether you're in your home or your office or at your place of work or at your school or at your church or wherever you're at, Maybe it's in secret. But when you open your mouth, does what you say give glory and honor to the Most High God? You see, David said, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I think that's Psalm 119, verse 11. But he also said, But the words of my mouth, and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. How different would the world be if we all began to adopt that way of thinking? How different our home life would be? How different our marriages would be? How different our businesses would operate? How different even our church life would be? Everything in our life would be different if the words of our mouth in the meditation of our heart. We're always pleasing and acceptable in the sight of God and always giving glory and honor and praise unto the living God. How different would your life be? You see, by beholding Him, we're changed. By beholding Him, we're transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, it takes a renewing of your mind, but it also takes a Impressing upon you by his spirit And if his spirit's not pressing in See if you're pressing into him He'll press into you If you draw near to him He'll draw near to you If you call upon him He'll answer you and show you Great and mighty things That you don't even fathom That you've never even thought about You've never even contemplated before And even the things you've contemplated That you've sought answers And maybe you've found none Begin to ask God. See, he'll answer you. He'll give you solutions to your problems. He'll give you the right answers. You just need to start asking the right questions, which means you need to humble yourself and begin to reach out to God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. Do you want to be exalted? Do you want to have a successful life? Do you want to walk in honor and glory? Well, then begin to give honor and glory to God. Begin to let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart and what you put your hand to, what you set your eyes on, what you set your affections on. See, the Bible says set your affections on things above, not on things below which defile. But set your affections on things above. Cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself 
against the knowledge of God. And if there's things in your life that are trying to exalt itself against you being intimate with God, if there's things in your life trying to choke out the word of God, see the cares of the world, Jesus said, would choke out the word within you. And so you can have word within you. You can have Christ within you. You can have the spirit of God within you. But if you keep meditating on the cares of the world, it will eventually choke the word out. It will eventually extinguish and distinguish the spirit. That's why Jesus had Paul write in the first book of Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse, oh, let's just throw it out there, 16, 17, 18, something like that. Despise not prophecy, quench not the spirit. See, he said, quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. Don't extinguish it. Don't kill it. That's why he also says, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You can take the word of God as a double-edged sword. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. That means you can handle it two different ways. You can take it and handle it religiously and kill people with it. Or you can take it and let it bring life, and let it bring the life of God, and let it bring healing, and let it bring freedom, and let it bring blessing into somebody's life by taking the truth of the word and helping them to hide it in their hearts so that they don't sin against God. You know how we sin against God? We don't believe him. We doubt him. We ignore him. We don't humble ourselves in the sight of God. We we forget to call on heaven's influence in our lives and we begin to take things upon ourselves without ever acknowledging our heavenly Father. And that's the greatest sin. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is to completely ignore, completely mock, and completely toss aside the things of God that are happening in the earth, blaspheming and making fun of what God is doing. But see, God says, I will be not mocked. A man reaps what he sows, but God is not mocked. For if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption, God says. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. And see, we have to be careful what we're sowing into. You have to be careful what you're aligning yourself with, who you're aligning yourself with, what you're partaking of, and who you're joining and grouping up with in business and in relationships and family and friendships and even in your church and your spiritual relationships, you need to be careful who you're yoking up with. See, a yoke, do you understand what a yoke is? A yoke is something that went upon the neck of an ox so that he could pull a cart. He put a yoke You put a yoke on an ox's neck or on a horse's neck so that they could pull a cart, pull a piece of machinery or pull a carriage. 
and see they would put them around more than just one. That yoke would have maybe two or three in it, and they would all walk side by side simultaneously pulling in proportion, all trying to walk in stride in unity. See, it says, be careful, don't be unequally yoked. What that means is, look, if you're walking side by side with somebody and they're not at the same place with you, if they're not at the same understanding with you with the Lord, if they're not in the same place with you in the Spirit, then at some point one person's going to drag the other. One person's going to bear more weight, bear more load on the other because, see, if you've got two oxen pulling and all of a sudden one oxen or even three oxen pulling and one of those oxen falls down to the ground and all of a sudden two oxen are not only bearing the weight of what they were intended to bear, but now they're bearing the weight of this other oxen that's fallen, this other oxen that's staggering, this other oxen that's maybe stubborn, whatever the case is, but they're bearing the weight of that third oxen that's not doing anything. See, God says, be careful. And maybe you're in a business relationship. Maybe you're in a ministry relationship. Maybe you're in a, a marriage relationship. Maybe you're in a family relationship or a church relationship, a friendship, something. Maybe it's on your job. I don't know. But begin to apply that principle in your life concerning business, concerning family, concerning God, concerning everything. And we read some Old Testament. I want to read some New Testament real quick. A house divided cannot stand. Just back up right here. It says uh, Luke 11, verse 9, and I'm just going to read all the way to 23 real fast. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So let me break it down really fast. It's like this. Look, any father wants the best for his son, and if his son asks, no father is going to bring harm to his son if he's a true, loving father. And God says, even though people are people, people are evil, listen, even if you and your humanity can be good and loving and and wouldn't give a snake to somebody or a scorpion to somebody or or give them a, a rock to eat, when they wanted some bread. You want to pour gravel in a bowl and, and put some milk in it and serve it to your child if you're a loving father. He says that if you being human and, and even with your evil tendencies from time to time can have that much goodness in you, how much more does your heavenly father love? And how much more does your heavenly father give to those who ask? And those that are seeking the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get a demon. You're afraid of the gifts of the Spirit because you think somebody told you in some denomination that that was of the devil. 
you're afraid of prophecy and dream interpretation and and speaking in tongues and healing the sick and, and casting out devils and even those that claim they've raised the dead, that scares you because you don't know anything about it, but you've heard through the grapevine that, watch out. Listen, Jesus said, greater things will you do when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll go out and do greater in my name, cast out devils, speak in new tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they'll be healed. These signs shall follow them that believe. Read the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, please. Read it all the way, 17 and 18. Keep reading it. And you're going to find out that Jesus said, yeah, signs will follow those that believe. See, we don't follow signs. If you're a believer, don't follow a sign. Don't follow people that claim to do miracles. Don't follow that stuff. Just begin to pray and ask God to manifest his glory in your own life. And you'll be surprised how many people you pray for that get healed, how many people you pray that get saved or get delivered or get blessed or get a job or their spouse comes back or their life turns around or a disease leaves them or something happens in their life miraculously because somebody began to point them towards God and pray and believe for God's best from their lives. You'll be surprised. If you're a believer, signs will follow you. Don't follow signs. So praise God. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Like rain washing my eyes. 
God, hey, we're signing off tonight. We just want to thank everybody. Well, VPI, hey, we're going to be praying for you, praying for your son, praying for uh, the U.S. Army. You guys pray. Hey, listen, uh, if you're listening, pray for the U.S. Army. Uh, it's 818 in Afghanistan. And we have a uh, bottom line fighter and his troop. Asking for prayer there in the Helmand province of Afghanistan. It's 818. Begin to pray. Pray Psalm 91, he says, over their lives for God's protection. And uh, so, Father, we're going to pray for them again. We just pray, Father God, for our troops right now in Afghanistan and even those all over the earth that are doing what they're called to do. Father, we pray your protection. We pray, Father God, your provision, that you would just hide them under the shadow of your wings and strengthen them and give them fingers to fight and teach their hands to war. Father, that you would overpower our troops, overshadow our troops, and cause them, Lord God, let the angels of God go before them and take out their enemies. And we just pray, Father God, covering over them tonight. Lord God, let righteousness, if they're there for righteous motives, to bring righteousness in that land. And to stop with the tyranny of evil men, we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would begin, Lord God, to rain down, Lord God, your provision and your protection. Let the angels of God fight. And we pray right now for your people, Lord, let the angels of God fight for your people. In Jesus' name. This is Prayer International Radio. We're praying the will of God be done in your life. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow night. God bless you.